1: Pod Pod Diva. Hello, divas. How are you? You're here with Pod Diva. If you're an LGBTQIA plus woman or non-binary person, this is your fortnightly podcast. I'm Rachel Shelley. You might know me from the TV show The L Word, but I host, edit, and produce Pod Diva. It's a fortnightly pod that goes hand in hand with the world's leading glossy magazine for LGBTQIA plus women and NBS. I mean the wonderful diva magazine we feature interviews special in-depth episodes and a relationship room where we discuss all sorts of lgbtq issues in a safe environment but today it's the diva debrief and we're going to be leaping with our big mother christmas boots on (laughs) into the brand new issue of diva magazine the one with saran jones on the cover what a cover roxy Divas, you can think of this episode as a kind of magazine club where we get together to talk about a gorgeous glossy in your exquisite LGBTQIA ear. And here to share the whispering is the smooth as brandy butter (laughs) editor-in-chief of Diva. Who better to look for when you're standing under the mistletoe this Christmas but everyone's favourite Christmas cracker, Roxy Bordion? Am I allowed to call you a Christmas cracker?
2: (laughs) You can call me anything you want, my darling. I'll just be there standing under the mistletoe this Christmas. (laughs) That's an amazing image. Thank you. As
1: always, you are aflame like the brandy on top of a Christmas pudding full of zest and rich delights. Roxy how are you my lovely It's
2: so funny Rachel because I'm always I'm always fine I'm always okay and then you hit me with this gorgeous introduction that's always so evocative and darling and charming and exciting and, <laughs> and then I'm just in a state of wonder um, <laughs> at, your, at your beautiful gorgeous words and I'm just you know asking myself key existential questions <laughs> am I the brandy on top of a Christmas pudding you know yes
1: um. <laughs> I love it I think pod diva and these chats that we have and the debrief is a, like a life affirming that's how I'd like to think of it if that's how it makes you feel that's brilliant Roxy I think it's fair to say that you wear red lipstick a lot can I tell listeners that is that okay
2: yes you have my consent and my permission and it is indeed true I do and not only that fun fact about my lipstick for any lipstick lesbians out there mm. I wear a shade of red that shares a name with an iconic lesbian club night in Soho. It's called Ruby Tuesday. Ruby Tuesday. That's Ooh. such a nice name.
1: And, of course, the song. <laughs> it suits you so well, Roxy. It's beautiful. And it is your sort of trademark look, I would say. Because of that, I often associate you with the colour red. For example, when I'm editing this podcast and I put our voices on different tracks, I always put you In a red channel, I always choose red for you and I choose yellow for me sometimes, I don't know why. But seeing as this month is sprinkled with a fair amount, though not too much, of festive Christmas content, I'm really glad to say, Roxy, and I'm really pleased that you made the effort to dress head to toe in red, complete with white fur trim, for this podcast recording. I mean, I only wish the listeners could see you like I can. Only
2: they were so lucky to see me dragged up as lesbian Mrs. Claus. <laughs>
1: what, a, what a look. What a look. You've really gone above and beyond today. Actually, I'm in awe. Well done, Roxy. It's pretty brilliant. You really have jumped with both feet into the Christmas festivities.
2: Do you know what? It's Carol season, darling. I love it. Ah, I'm such a such a tart for Christmas. I bloody love it. I love a bit of festive cheer. I love an opportunity to wear a bit of red velvet with a white faux fur trim. I love playing all (laughs) my sapphic Christmas anthems. I love my mulled wine with my girlfriend. I just I'm very into especially the build up to Christmas. That's my favourite bit. The Christmas cheer in the in the air I love that. Yeah.
1: yeah, the build up is, yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? It's really gorgeous. I do. I love all the sort of changing of seasons, and I'm all mm. about sort of indulging in all of them. And as I get older and older, I think I do it even more, you know, like it's autumn. Let's just get some gourds and put them on the table. Why not? They look nice. <laughs> also, Roxy, not only have you gone above and beyond with your outfit for today's uh, pod diva you've also gone above and beyond in your editor's letter in this issue of the magazine i loved it so much roxy what you were just saying there about getting all the feels and feeling really warm and gooey inside I i can't believe we're now moving into 2024 and it's a huge huge year for diva magazine and divas everywhere because diva is roxy will you tell the listeners what's going on
2: Oh, my God, we're turning 30.
1: Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it, though? Oh, my God, I can't believe Crazy. it. Crazy. It's a big year. Yeah. God, when I turned 30, I remember I had this big party in Soho and half the world came along. I didn't know most of them and we all danced and I got so drunk that I had to cover up one eye in order to find my way home. <laughs> I was so bad. I mean, it was a huge celebration. But I've never been that drunk again since. Never. Do you think there's now a maturity to Diva Roxy? How do you feel it's changed? Are we all grown up? What do you think? Our little girls all grown up. Do
2: I think Mm. Diva has a maturity? Well, I hope we haven't lost our cheeky, youthful sense of humor and fun. No, Um, definitely not. I, I mean, it's an interesting question, isn't it? So we've been going since 1994 when the brilliant Frances Williams uh, dreamt up the idea of Diva Magazine and founded us, and thank God she did. And I think that the magazine, when I look back at copies from the 90s, those like early proper retro divas, I see a sense of unapologetic lesbianism and sapphic and queer identity. I see a sense of energy. I see a sense of activism, I see a point of view, I see uh, their love lives, Mm. their sex lives, the causes they care about, the things that really get them riled up, the latest show they're obsessed with. And so I feel like the DNA of Diva, we've still, I hope, got that today. And especially that energy, especially that charge, whether it's that we're rallying for a cause we're passionate about or whether it's we're gushing over some new show that has got us all hooked. So I think we've still got Mm. our DNA there. But hopefully over the years, you know, we've, fingers crossed, we've definitely tried to be as inclusive as we can and invite more people to the Diva Party. But so, you know, so we, we are mature. But we're, we've still got a glint
1: in our eye. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think so. There's still so much fun. Like when I read the magazine, it gives me a little giggle. It's informative. It makes me laugh. It's really passionate. And I think you hear other people's stories. And it's so emotional as well. It's so personal. We've talked about this before. The personal yeah. writings that are featured in Diva Magazine. It always makes you feel like you're connecting with people you're not just consuming mass media you know it really feels personal and that's amazing and the fact that that's continued for 30 years I think it's absolutely brilliant going back to your editor's letter it's a beautiful delectable little piece um, like a little plum fairy dusted with icing sugar or sugared almond w- will you read a bit of it to me <laughs> Roxy because I just thought it was lovely especially the gooey bit okay okay
2: thank you very much sorry I'm still reeling from being a little plum fairy dusted with icing sugar um just (laughs) dancing about in the icing sugar No, that's lovely thank you Rachel in all seriousness I'm very glad that you enjoyed the editor's letter that really does mean yeah I did I loved it I loved it I will read you some of it as you have requested (laughs) When readers tell me their diva stories, as they inevitably do on hearing what I do for a living, their whole faces light up. Their eyes start to shine. They go all warm and gooey and gorgeous. I call it the diva effect. Diva holds such a special, vital space for our community. Diva changes queer lives because the thing is, it's not just about discovering diva. It's about discovering and embracing yourself. Diva has been here for us since its very first issue in 1994. In 2024, Diva turns 30 years old, a fantastic achievement for any publication, but for an independent title created by and for LGBTQIA women and non-binary people, astounding, spectacular and a true testament to the people who have kept it going for all this time. A testament to you, our reader, who we simply could not have done this without.
1: Hurrah! The crowd goes wild! (laughs) I mean, I, I love it. I thought that was so nice. It's a real, genuine feeling. It's not a sort of manufactured... It's a genuine... Feeling, And that is something that is effused throughout the magazine. I love that. Roxy, what's been your queer highlight? What's been your diva highlight this year? I think
2: there's been so many diva highlights. You know, we've had some awesome, awesome issues. We've had some fabulous covers. I love, love, loved one that springs to mind is our Pride issue cover with Amber Whittington on there with oh, the yeah. the glittery rainbow body paint. One that gorgeous, Real beauty. yeah. Really loved that cover. Um, and we've had some fabulous, fabulous cover stars and features. The Diva Awards was epic. I guess one that stands out as a definite emotional visceral diva memory for me from this year would be at Pride in London uh, when we were in the parade hmm. and we had a big banner saying trans people are loved and it had yeah. diva on there and I loved that we were spreading that message of love and joy and that we love trans people and that we were spreading that throughout the streets of London, unapologetically. That was really yeah. joyful. And then like looking out and seeing all the crowds and seeing people's reactions. And you could see there were some trans people in the in the crowds as well mm. who had their trans mm. banners. And it was just mm. such a gorgeous, joyful, powerful day. It was a reminder about how magazines can be a place for, yes, entertainment, yes, pop culture, but also activism and I think that that was a really really special day so that would definitely be up there in my list of diva highlights from the past year
1: yeah it was a moment wasn't it because the the numbers at London Pride and you don't you kind of forget that it's Isn't it one of the biggest, I think, London Pride? Yeah, I think so. Talking to different people and they say, oh, you know, they went to Pride here or there and then they come to London and they get blown Mm. away by the number of, the sheer number of people. When you see a landmark that you know so well, packed with people, all there to celebrate the roar of the crowd. You really feel like you're in some Mm. sort of football stadium, like a rock star, just you know being on the bus (laughs) or whatever or dancing (laughs) on the back of the truck as it was for this one I mean it was great one of my diva highlights was going to the V&A with you to see the diva exhibition because that's one of my favorite places in London to go it's not that I'm there every weekend but I go I go regularly I go a lot and to see diva magazine there within that exhibition which I thought was brilliant and so fascinating and interesting and so much lesbionics going on all over the place wasn't it I mean it really (laughs) was there was so much of it inadvertently because it's not actually about Diva magazine it's not about queer women it's about divas and it was fantastic that that was like a a vein that ran all the way through it it was so good to see the vagina pants there next to Diva magazine Diva magazine as an exhibit in one of the world's top museums that's a marvelous thing and you know that magazine is going to stay there in perpetuity because they keep everything it's like a record of life and culture I think it's brilliant I mean also any excuse just to say vagina pants is great you've got to take it whenever you can so there you go vagina pants I've said it again also Rachel I'd like to add something to that vagina pants a lot of fun to say
2: (laughs) but not just an excuse to say vagina pants god that was such a good day do you know what that's definitely up there in my diva memories and I'm very glad we got to share it together my darling how gorgeous what a gorgeous experience and for me it felt Wow, it felt like those vagina pants and Janelle Monae, that is such a moment in queer pop culture history. Mm. And seeing the actual goddamn pink vag pants (laughs) right next to, almost as if they've given birth to, uh, the cover of our lovely, lovely Diva magazine felt like spine-tinglingly special. Felt like, oh, hang on a second... We're also a moment in queer pop culture history here. That felt fabulous. I loved it. It was a really, really special, special day for sure.
1: Because they keep these exhibitions forever. They wrap them up in lovely soft white paper and they put them away in these special drawers. It's kept forever now. The Vagina Pants and Diva magazine in the world's (laughs) most brilliant, in my opinion, most brilliant museum. I haven't been to every museum in the world, but I do think that's... One of the best. Um, another LGBT highlight for me was seeing Jennifer Beals and Eileen Jakin at the White House with Corinne Jean Pierre. You've got that picture in the magazine with them. So oh, good. I mean, what a moment! What a truly fantastic photo bombshell to see that Mm. you know for team lgbtqia it was so effective a real landmark i thought i know that jennifer jennifer beals i know that she loved it by the way jennifer beals on fire with her merchandising oh yeah that's quite something hoodies t-shirts yeah amazing get your jb merch talk about new stuff we have a new thing on pod diva a new fortnightly mini episode which we're calling Diva Digest and this is the brainchild of Ella Gorsi. It'll go out alternate weeks with a roundup of all the latest news surrounding the community, a bit of politics a little bit of media sprinkled with some pop culture, all the bits and bobs all expertly delivered in a bite-sized mince pie shaped morsel Fabulous. by the delicious Ella herself but let's return to our sublime cover star Soran Jones, Roxy, a great interview, a great interview. She sounds like she's really funny. All this stuff about drag racing, yeah. but you've in, you've interviewed her a fair few times now, haven't you? I mean, how how is it? I mean, you've met her several times. Yeah, I have met her
2: several times. Not to boast. Uh, (laughs) she's she's so bloody lovely she's really really lovely and I feel very lucky to have been able to interview her a few times over the years so the first time I interviewed her was Mm. when the first season of Gentleman Jack was coming out and it was a face-to-face video interview that we did for Diva Box Office right and I remember she was absolutely lovely. She's really, really charming. She's such a talented actor. And she's a real laugh. She's a real who. Like she's got a saucy, cheeky. Yeah, you can you can feel that's that. That's it. She's got a cheeky sense of humour. That's humor. nice. And so have I. So that's a lot of fun to play with. But I always think with Saran, <laughs> so I've interviewed obviously a lot of actors who play queer parts over the years. And with Saran, she really stands out. And it's a dual thing. And it's all about the amount of care that she puts into things. So the amount of care with which she performs her craft. And when that craft involves bringing a queer woman to life, Mm. the the care and the consideration that goes with that from her as an actor, which is, I think, part of the reason why she does such phenomenal performances. But then there's another aspect to it, which Mm. is the genuine Mm. care that she shows for the queer community she is through these characters representing and impacting. She has a genuine a genuine affection, yeah. a genuine giving of her attention and time and thought. She's also just, you know, a lot of fun. A lot of fun, Saram. Yeah, yeah. she's great.
1: And of course, she's been on the cover several times. Yeah. April 2022 with Sophie Rundle, who of course played... Anne Walker in Gentleman Jack, yes. Anne Lister's wife. They were both in costume then. And before that, she was on the cover back in May 2019, I yeah. think. And the, that was the power mm-hmm. issue, again, in her Gentleman Jack glory. So I thought it was really nice to see her on the cover out of period yeah. costume. She looks amazing in it, but it's nice to see her out of that. And she also took talk, she talked about her drag name. Miss Sassy Asworth as her drag name. Oh, yeah. Listeners, let us know what your drag name is because we love these. We love these. Back in April last year, I did a special on Pod Diva, which is still there. You can still go and listen to. And I heard from lots of the Lister Sisters they're called, aren't they? The group that support Gentleman Jack who sent in their audio all about how much Gentleman Jack as a TV show and as a character, truly international. They were talking about how much the music meant to them, I interviewed the music, the folk music duo, who I think are brilliant, Belinda O'Hooley, and Heidi Tiddo, who created that theme tune. Mm. And I remember when I made that, that that song wouldn't leave my brain for weeks. It's such an earworm, isn't it? Because it really does stick with you and gets you stomping around, and all these women talking about how... They would play it whenever they needed a boost. Mm. And that they told Mm. me that Sally Wainwright, the writer of Gentleman Jack, didn't know Anne Lister was called Gentleman Jack until she heard their song. Mm. You know, she was going to call it Shibden Hall, apparently, before that. Roxy, apart from all the wonderful things like a talented actress, a fantastic script, all the rest of it, it was very quintessentially English. TV show. Why do you think it was such an international success? I mean, it was a co production, I think, with HBO, which is an American uh, network. Why do you think it was so well received around the world? Well, I think part of it is because it was so bloody well done. It was like a gorgeous
2: BBC period drama with an absolutely banging script from Sally Wainwright. The performances were stellar, and Saran was flawless but I also think there's something about this person Anne Lister the Ann Lister that we see on screen who Saran plays who is a I would say a butch lesbian who owns her sexuality who owns her desire who has a lot of Mm. lesbian desire that she's not trying to squash down she's embracing it and she's moving through the world with vigor yeah and energy and passion for life and for women. She's funny and she's sexy and she's forthright and sometimes you don't agree with everything she's maybe doing politically or what have you, but she has this charismatic, driving, forward, thrusting momentum about her. And then I think the fact that we know that this character was actually a real life woman. A real life woman who refused to live by society's expectations. A real life lesbian who loved enthusiastically and passionately. And I think that that sense of history embodied with this one person who never played by the rules and was so defiantly and spectacularly lesbian when I watch it or when I think about Lister, we have always been here. Yes. Yes. And that, I think, is part of the power. Mm. So no, no, you people telling me that I am wrong and I am some new fad and I am corrupting the children with this new craze. What are you talking about? We have always been here. And look at this astonishing powerhouse yeah, of a trailblazing yeah. lesbian from back in the day. And then with Saran's yeah. performance and Sally's script, it's all brought to life in this very modern way, but with all the gorgeous trappings of a luscious period drama and the Yorkshire countryside. Mm. And I think all together, that's a magic, potent package that really, as a, as a lesbian viewer, I certainly feel moved. I feel empowered. Empowered, I feel entertained, a little bit of, you know, enjoying the sex scenes, enjoying the romance, the comedy, all of that, but it makes me feel bolder. And I think it's the same thing with that song.
1: It empowers us to drive on forward. Cause if she could do it, we can do it. Oh, well said, Roxy. Well said. I think you're absolutely right there, because this idea that she existed, she wrote all this stuff down, but she had to write it in her secret code. So it disappeared for a while. The whole history around it disappeared. And then it's kind of uncovered and it's put on your screen in your living room. It's it's incredible. It's an incredible story that it comes back to life. Like you say, it's always been there. You can try and push it down, but it's always going to be there and it's always going to come back. Mm. It really did hit hard with so many people. And there's a, a shorter piece later in the magazine all about cancelling of tv shows very sad that it didn't continue Mm. as it is very sad that lots of shows don't Mm. continue nick Crozara, our deputy editor writes a piece all about that and about the work that a lot of these groups do to try and bring shows back and the campaigning that they do i mean huge things and they put a big advert up in Mm. times square i mean they spent a lot of money and a lot of effort to try and get it to return i have to say i mean having seen tv shows From the inside out, there are so many moving parts. They're so complicated. Yeah. Any one of those many logistical nightmares, if they're not overcome, a show can fall. It's, you know, and it's very sad because it takes so much to get something on air. Yeah. It's there. We have them. Saran Jones is continuing to do brilliant stuff. What's really amazing with Saran is we've seen her play
2: Gentleman Jack, this iconic lesbian character in this period drama that we're all so passionate about. And then in Vigil, we see her again playing a queer woman, another queer female character, but Amy Silver, the one she plays in Vigil, her story is completely different to Anne, Anne who always had such a strong sense of her sexuality, whereas Amy who kind of discovers her sexuality throughout the first series of Vigil, and Vigil's this very modern, like, action-packed thriller, and then you've got this sapphic love story going through it that Saran and Rose Leslie, who plays her on-screen love interest, do so beautifully. So it's fantastic to see... Saran playing different parts and it's great to see different stories being told. But yeah, we we do miss Gentleman Jack as well, of course. We do pine for that yeah, as well.
1: Yeah. So just put the music on, or better still. Bring up the old Pod Diva episode and have a stomp around and listen to everyone yes. waxing lyrical about <laughs> Anne Lister, wherever they are in the world. Now, we've been talking international and here's a great link. Talking of international, see what I did <laughs> there. Time to travel to Beyond Borders, Roxy. Are you ready? Do you have your passport? We're off to Greece. We're off to Athens. Oh, love To hear from Irene, which, don't tell anyone. Irene is my middle name Did you know that? I didn't know that I'm delighted (laughs) to know that Rachel, Irene, Shelley I love that Yes Gorgeous Thank you Don't tell anyone that though I won't That's between you and me Here we go Let's go to Greece
3: I live in a very beautiful town called Piraeus It's actually the biggest port of the country And you have plenty of of space to walk, and it's not as busy and as well as loud as Athens, I would say. I feel a little more free, like I have more space to breathe here rather than in Athens. Hello Rachel. Hi, Rachel, my name is Irene, Irini. or Irini in Greek, I'm 38 years old, 38 years old. Uh, I identify as a queer woman, and I, and I live in Greece. Living in Greece as a queer person is not very easy. I would say that at the moment queer people are more tolerated rather than accepted in the Greek community. The reason that this happens, I believe, is due to very strong religious beliefs. Which make people have old ideas and see queer people as something not normal. Although we have taken many steps towards equality for queer people, we still have a long way to go. There are a few... Bars and cafes for queer people, mostly at a specific place in Athens. Everything is there, there are not a lot of choices, especially for lesbian women. Most queer people are forced to hide their true identity. There is discrimination, especially in the workplace, but also outside. For example, it's very hard to go out on a date with your partner and hold hands or even, you know, be affectionate in any way because you get these weird looks. I really hope that this will change soon. When I go abroad and see how people are free to be themselves and nobody gives them a second look it kind of makes me jealous a little bit of how people can enjoy life and be who they are without being discriminated for it. This is why it's really important to see so many allies and advocates and people who speak out like Diva podcast and bring these matters into attention. It also makes me feel included being a part of a community, larger community rather than the one existing in my country right now. I also write short stories, poems, read a lot of books and recently I started vocal lessons, German lessons, you know, trying to stay creative, busy, do stuff outside of work. I have to say that being a part also of the lesbian community, the community of authors of lesbian fiction, has brought new life into my life, met a lot of people uh, who have helped me open up and know myself better. It's really important to feel that there are people out there who understand you and with whom you can talk and be yourself, which right now it's really hard to do in Greece. When I have time, uh, what I enjoy most doing is having a walk outside, listening to music or maybe an audiobook or a podcast and I let my mind drift away. This is what I enjoy doing in my free time. Even though social media can be toxic at times, it also has opened the horizon and the opportunities to find more friends and like-minded people and not feel so alone. Things are getting better little by little And hopefully, they will keep getting better.
4: Pot Diva.
0: Hold up. What was that?
2: spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine with the weather warming up it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a pilates class
1: or outdoor guided walk peloton has everything you need to help you get going get a
4: head start on summer with peloton at onepeloton.com one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care
1: that was irene from greece thank you so much irene for sending that i really appreciate Mm. you sending all that and it's sad to hear that sometimes you just feel tolerated and not embraced in greece and that understandably you travel to other countries and you feel a little bit envious of the more liberated places that you go to yeah I mean, it's mind boggling, isn't it? The different kind of lives we all lead, these different strands of life, depending on where we are around the world. Oh,
2: Irene, thank you so much for sharing your story with us on Pod Diva. And I think that it's so powerful for us to share our experiences, whatever they are. And yeah. we all have different experiences. There's a communality to it. There's some shared experiences, but also each LGBTQIA person is going to have a different a different journey through life and, and sometimes you feel there's places where you can be embraced and that's fabulous and sometimes unfortunately that's not how it goes but mm-hmm. I really thank you so much for sharing that story because I think it's important to to get
1: our voices and our perspectives and our lived experiences out there. Yeah, absolutely. I think Beyond Borders is really important at doing that so we can hear the different stories of our listeners all over the world. And thank you. Please keep them coming because I always enjoy listening to them. And it's interesting, whilst Irene is clearly feeling non-embraced in Greece, in other parts of the world, gay icons and the Pink Pound are literally saving the world's economy, at least – You know, there's a really interesting piece by Nick Rosara, our deputy editor, in the magazine, all about the pink pound, female performers who, like Nick says, are saving the economy, doing more for the economy than some of our world leaders. Mm. And it's really eye-popping, the facts that Nick gives us here about numbers and the millions and the bazillions and the dollars and the pounds. I mean, it's really quite eye-watering. If I just read a little bit here, Beyonce's Renaissance tour has been estimated to have boosted the US economy by $4.5 billion. Wow. All while powerfully being dedicated to the black LGBTQIA community. Nick talks about Beyonce, Taylor Swift, and of course, the Barbie director, Greta Gerwig. The Greta Gerwig-directed film raked in over £1 billion. £1 billion at the global box wow. office, making her the first solo female director with a billion-dollar movie. It's amazing. We can't even get started on the Era's tour from Taylor Swift. Yeah. Over mm. the course of five months, Taylor's six LA concerts alone added 3,300 jobs and earned the city of L.A. $29 million in sales and hotel room taxes. I mean, it's huge. It's so big. Their power hmm. is incredible. And of course, the actual film, Barbie, was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Did you watch it? Where did, What was your watching experience? did i watch it
2: rachel have we met of course (laughs) i went to the barbie film well i had to ask tell me how was it what was what was your experience i did go to the barbie film i am a barbie girl in a i wish more barbie world life with more barbie plastic wow it would be fantastic
1: it's fantastic i
2: love it so i went to go see the barbie movie with my lesbian ken my girlfriend uh not called that to her face before, not sure how she'll feel about that, but let's roll with it because we are in Barbieland. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lovely art house in this gorgeous old building, independent cinema, near the seaside. And you sit on these big, comfy, old, worn-in sofas, and you get a cocktail. Oh, I love that kind of cinema. Yeah, so we went and did it there, and I naturally wore a fabulous Barbie dress, and I naturally, I loved it. I just had, you know, a lovely pink time. How was your Barbie day
1: experience? Oh, mine, mine was a little bit... (sighs) I'd been so looking forward to it. I'd been mm. so excited. I couldn't wait to see it. I'd bought the tickets in advance with my daughter and we talked about what we were going to wear and we were planning it. It was in the summer, right, wasn't it? Mm. It was a few weeks or so before it came out. I remember going into town and I couldn't get across Leicester Square to where I had to go. It was all blocked off. It was the Barbie premiere Was oh, just yeah. happened to be happening in Leicester Square it was packed. There were people screaming, screaming. There were limos everywhere. It was, you know, there was the pink yeah. carpet. There was lights and flashing and it was hectic and crazy and Barbie. And on the way home, I ran into a lot of people who had been mm. and they were really stoked up. You could see it. You could see their excitement. And they, were, yeah. people are dressed in head to toe in pink sequins. And I took a few photos with some people just because it was so all-encompassing and exciting. It just felt like everything was great. A few weeks later, when my tickets rolled around, I had COVID. Oh. So it was a real story of our time. You know, I had COVID, so I didn't go rolling around with a bit of a low fever and... Oh, Barbie. Deep ache, aching tiredness. But so I missed it. So I only ended up watching it on the TV, which was still great and I still loved it. But I really did want that filmic experience. I wanted to go to the movies. I wanted to be a part of that whole experience. Nick writes in the magazine, by the time we're done watching the cinematic masterpiece we gleefully greet strangers we pass with hi Barbie and hi Ken all the way home. (laughs) I know right there and then that I am witnessing pop culture history being made. I mean, it's true. It really was. Not only was it an amazing film and I loved it on so many levels and it really made me have quite a lot of interesting conversations with my daughter afterwards mm. when we watched it again because yeah. I thought it was great but yeah. it was just fun as well and all yeah. those all those phrases on the Christmas shopping list there's definitely um, I am canal (laughs) that's definitely going to be a t-shirt that someone's going to get this Christmas I'm not quite sure who I thought it was just great as Nick said the power of that is enormous and also Mm. the Eras tour has been again another huge money-making scheme Justin Trudeau the Prime Minister of Canada actually tweeted to her and said Please come to Canada. And it's not just because I think he's a Swifty, but also because he wants he wants the country to earn the money, you know, he wants to generate that revenue. And I think she's very interesting, Taylor Swift, because she was known for a long time for being very apolitical. And of course, she has a lot of followers and a lot of young women who follow her. And then in October 2017, she decided to stop being politically impartial and endorse a Democrat who was running for the US Senate in Tennessee against the Republican candidate because of all the anti LGBTQ measures. And she tweeted, I always have and always will cast my vote based on which candidate will protect and fight for the human rights I believe we all deserve in this country. I believe in the fight for LGBTQ rights and that any form of discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender is wrong, in capitals, wrong. I believe that the systemic racism we still see in this country towards people of color is terrifying, sickening and prevalent. That changed her again, I think. The pink pound then just swept in after her and... You know, rightly so. Yes, yes. As we say, hurrah for the girls who run the world. With credit to Beyonce. <laughs> and talking about Pink Pound, Roxy, there's some great Christmas gift ideas in there. And I believe you as Lady Christmas, is that what you called yourself, Lady Christmas? I answered to Lady Christmas among other
2: things. <laughs> Uh, What else could I be? What else could I be? Sapphic Claws?
1: Sapphic Claws, I like that. What would we call me? Lady Christmas? Sure. Why not? As soon as you are dressed in red with the fluffy white trim (laughs) and looking so seasonal today, Lady Christmas, I'm really glad to see your Christmas gift list. All your little elves are probably running around right now, aren't they? Boxing up these things and sending them out to all the divas of the world. Sapphic candles and their dash hound shaped hot water bottles I think it's amazing I love all those gifts and I really think that there's a few there that I'm going to buy, like the dog jumper. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, I like the dog jumper. The dog jumper. I can I can see one with Winnie winging its way over here. And I love the personalized fire building kit. Oh, yes. Yeah. From allthingsbrightandbeautiful.com. Very clever, very yeah. clever. All things bright and beautiful. Amazing. Now, Roxy, what will be on your list out of that? and Or what will you be buying, maybe, as Lady Christmas checking your list, checking it twice. Well, I mean, I love doing the Christmas gift guide because basically you're like, ooh, what would I
2: like someone to buy me? What would I buy for someone I love who likes these things? It's a lot of fun. So you can basically, you know, if anyone's listening and thinks, God, that Roxy, she deserves a Christmas present. I will take happily... Well, she does. She does. (laughs) I will happily take anything from the festive femme selection or indeed the creative queers selection I also would enjoy mm. I'd enjoy a little Virginia Woolf uh, tapestry I'd enjoy a flapper dress inspired by bisexual icon Josephine Baker I loved that isn't didn't
1: we see that in the diva at the v I think she was in yeah, that one I think Josephine was yeah. in it
2: and they had footage from her doing her dancing love Josephine Baker she's yeah. awesome but yeah I I'll take anything from there. Bit of bit of vintage undies. Any of it. Picked
1: it all. So I think it's all fabulous. Really, I, I love it all. Any of the above. Yeah, absolutely. But the, the question is, Roxy, have you been a good girl this year? No. <laughs> In that case, you get lots and lots of presents. Yay! If if you'd been too good, then you know. But we like to reward a little bit of naughtiness, I think, here on Pod Diva. We do. Have I been a good girl this year? Well, I've
2: tried, haven't I? I've tried. But you've (laughs) got to be... (laughs) I do my best. You've
1: got to be, you know, nice as you can, a little bit naughty. Because you don't want to grow up, even if you're 30. You don't want to grow up. You can't grow up. No, nobody really wants to grow up, not fully. <laughs> what else have we got coming up later this month, Roxy? We have little gifts that we will be delivering to you, dear listener, on a Wednesday at 6.06 in the morning. This little digital presents will be left in your device over the Christmas Yuletide season, lovely dear listener. But what have we got coming up? I think we've got a brilliant interview with the spectacular Marika Hackman. What do we know about Marika? Roxy, uh, We know that Marika Hackman is really awesome. She
2: is a wonderful singer-songwriter. She's got the song about my lover, singing, Oh,
1: right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> of course. She's got that. Of that's... Course. <laughs> So that's from her back catalogue. She'll be talking about her exciting new album, Big Sigh, which is fantastic. But we love Marika. Her music is super queer, but it's also just super fantastic awesome music so that'll
1: be a great conversation and then we have the team behind this new film Eileen which is a new sapphic film starring the wonderful Anne Hathaway who's so interesting I think Anne Hathaway because she has that face that is angelic and naive yes and big open eyes and then she can play these roles where and it sounds like this is one of them where she's a bit twisted And quite dark. Mm. I can watch her face forever doing weird gymnastics that she does so effortlessly. Mm. We have a piece in the magazine from Ella Gorsi, which is about some of the great unhinged lesbian characters, as Ella calls them, who aren't role models, but they're fascinating because of their complexity. A bit like that one that I really liked, Rachel Weiss in uh, Dead Ringers. Really twisted oh, yes. and dark. Yeah. And it sounds like this film, Eileen, is a bit like that. Yes, Ella wrote, In a time when sapphic shows are being cut from screens everywhere you look, Eileen stands remarkably proudly as a sign that women-loving women's storylines are not boring. They're not unprofitable. They're not meek. They can be just as exhilarating as their straight counterparts, especially when they involve Anne Hathaway Time people up in basements <laughs> 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 didn't see that coming at the end of the paragraph <laughs> we'll also be dropping in on the relationship room with ali hendry in the coming weeks and we'll be asking for your questions dear diva listeners and offering some brilliant giveaways on social media soon so keep an eye out for those in a future episode of pod diva but oh hang on a minute sorry roxy hang on a minute do you hear that Do you hear that? No. Sleigh bells?
2: Oh! (laughs) <laughs> I thought we had to pause recording because cause Winnie was upset or something or there was an issue with the dog or... Very good actress, Rachel. Well,
1: I've done it before. You're yeah. really good. Oh, thank you. That
2: was fantastic. I was just... I was like, no, what? I can't hear anything. Let's keep, let's keep chatting, Rachel. That is so funny.
1: But I didn't hear it, darling. I didn't hear it. <laughs> but there are reindeer hooves on the roof as well, oh! I believe. Or am I just hallucinating, dreaming of my white Christmas with the mistletoe, a Christmas cracker or two? Thank you, (laughs) Roxy, for wearing your truly festive Ruby Tuesday outfit, Roxy. I hope you wear that on Boxing Day, which will be a Tuesday this year. Ruby Tuesday. I wish you and yours a wonderful yuletide wherever and however you may be celebrating, and even if you're not celebrating, because not everyone does. I know. Have a lovely Yuletide season and listener, we'll see you on the other side.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I will be wearing my lovely festive ruby red outfit hanging uh, out under the mistletoe, just making eyes at lesbian Ken over there. i she'll come and give me a cheeky little festive <laughs> smooch. And pod diva listener, Merry Queermas,
1: baby. Let's make this Yuletide gay. Can you hear them, dear listener? And going into 2024 when Diva turns 30. <gasps> 30. 30. Wow. <laughs> Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva in association with Diva Magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA women and non binary people. Every fortnight, we bring you new interviews from a vast range of fabulous people celebrating and amplifying the voices of the LGBTQIA community. Browse our extensive back catalogue of episodes to find your favourites from Jennifer Beals to Abby Jacobson. It's like one gorgeous glossy magazine in your ear. Please share, rate or review us. It really does help. You can find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can email me at editorial at diva-magazine.com. Pod Diva.
0: Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want
4: to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC.